When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hey everyone, Matt Williamson here, coming back at you five days in a row. Probably another one this weekend. Yeah, we got a game coming up. Uh, I thought this was a good time to take a step back and kind of examine the Steelers draft class so far. And we're just going to touch on these guys quickly. Callum down from the last pick, Chris Ololacon, who really has done very little. So I'm just basically going to skip him. Um, He's not getting reps. You knew that all along. When you got Pickett, Trubisky, and Rudolph, they're going to eat up every possible snap. So he's out of luck. Uh, we'll see what he does down the road, how much preseason action he gets. But all accounts are positive. He just isn't getting an opportunity. Mark Robinson, I thought, was kind of a throwaway pick, the linebacker out of Mississippi. Not a throwaway pick, but lifetime special team or, you know, that type. He shows up pretty well. I mean, a running back background, I think that's evident with the way he moves. He kind of moves like a bigger back and recognizes run action run fits he attacks that stuff well um i I don't know that he'll be rangy in coverage and what i mean by that more than his his, um, foot speed or range is just his overall length isn't great but it's okay um i think there's a place for him and it's a very crowded linebacker room all of a sudden second level inside linebackers call him whatever you want And he's probably destined for the practice squad unless he is a Danny Smith favorite, but he sure has the makeup of being a special team demon. And I think he might be more. I mean, I'm not predicting that he's going to be the next Jack Lambert or Jack Ham, but I I like what I've seen. He stands out more than I expected him to when they made that selection. So maybe they snuck something there. Um, Connor Hayward to me is extremely interesting in that I think he has a lot of Kyle Juszczyk in him in, in a way that's positionless football. You want to call him a fullback, fine, but he goes to the tight end room. He, he's high on the tight end depth chart already. He can carry the football. He can block. He doesn't look like a tight end. I mean, he's shorter, thicker, more powerful. It certainly doesn't, it doesn't look like him and Zach Gentry belong in the same position room at all. Um, but he keeps getting on the field. I mean, we know how these things work. Is when you get to camp, you draft them, you get the mini camp. Oh, we like what we see, blah, blah, blah. You know, okay, good. And then he keeps getting opportunities and opportunities, which means he's impressing the tight end coach. Then he's impressing the offensive coordinator. Then maybe he's impressing the quarterbacks or teammates. 
and Coach Tomlin. You know, they, the, 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 these coaches go to their meetings and say, man, maybe we should get Hayward some more touches. You know, again, his role with Danny Smith is going to be instrumental. But I think he will get some – carries is an interesting word. I'm talking like shovel passes by the goal line. Diverse route running tree. I didn't really see that coming, you know, watching him carry the ball, be more fullback than tight end at Michigan State. He runs routes, and he runs them well. So if people look at him when the Steelers put out their, you know, their 11 guys on offense, and they look at him as kind of a throwaway, not, hey, we don't have to cover him. I mean, I mean more along the lines of, uh, he's not a threat. You know, we'll put our worst cover guy, our big heavy run stuffing linebacker on him. And he starts running wheel routes out of the backfield or, um, you know, out routes from a tight end position or an H-back position. I think they'll use him in motion a lot. So I don't know how much impact he makes his rookie year outside of special teams, but he's making an impact in practice. And I think that's big for him. You know, I, I'm very impressed. And again, I had very little hope to be very honest, with Hayward Robinson, and I'm not even going to count the, the, the you know, seventh-round quarterback. But when they made those picks, I thought that's fine. And, and I've said this before on here. If his last name was Williamson, would they have taken him? I mean, those things crossed my mind at the time. He's an impact guy, at least in this environment. We'll see how they translates that to the field, you know, into real games. Um, last guy I want to talk about in this segment is Calvin Austin. He's everything he's cracked up to be. I, I this was my favorite pick when they made when the draft ended. I said my favorite pick is Calvin Austin. His speed is very real. I I don't know who the second fastest guy is in Latrobe, but I know who the first is, and he is an instant accelerator with jets, and he builds up speed as well as accelerates off the line of scrimmage. That's rare. He gets he looks like a track star in terms of his start. And, you know, the 100 meters or whatever, he keeps gaining speed. But he's shifty. He did extremely good work at Memphis as a in press man cover, you know, against press man coverage. Uh, I've told you guys this before and just want to reiterate it. Well over 90% of his catches at the college level came outside the numbers. So by no means is he just a slot, even though he's small. And he is small. He's very small. He stands out in that, that regard in a negative manner. He's small. Um, but he's not lean. He's not Dre Archer. He doesn't get you know pushed over by a, a strong wind gust. He's physical. He mixed it up with T.J. Watt last week. I mean, he's not bashful. He, he does his best as a blocker. He's never going to flatten anybody. But he's going to get a lot of jet sweep stuff. He's going to freeze defenders. And in my podcast yesterday, I threw out the, the notion of maybe trading Claypool. And one of the reasons is I think Austin is going to kind of demand some time. And right now, he's probably fifth on the wide receiver depth chart. That could change in an instant. But he's been very impressive. Again, we'll see how he does against NFL corners or try to bang him around. But at a minimum, he's going to be a slot. But don't think for one minute that Austin is just a slot for this team. That's not how I see it at all. So that, that's the, the bottom half of the draft. That's you know, rounds four and after. Uh, come back here in a minute. We'll talk about the top three guys about how they've looked. And overall, they've been an impressive group, too. And overall, I think this draft class has been quite good. So we'll be back here in a minute.
we're going backwards here with our draft pick. We'll finish with Kenny Pickett. I might even spend the least amount of time on Pickett, but DeMarvin Liao is next on the list out of A&M. And I have to say the last couple days, he's starting to really get talked about more and more. And I found it really interesting and I kind of kept it to myself that I, I noticed that minicamp or OTAs or you know, one of those or maybe both, you'd see him in some of the individual drills or maybe it was after practice, but he was hanging out with the outside linebackers, TJ, Highsmith, those guys. And I just kind of thought to myself, like, oh, that's an interesting way of using this guy's skill set that really isn't like any other player on this team. When they drafted him, I thought, Leal's kind of like that Michael Bennett 4-3 over the tight end power defensive end that maybe kicks inside. The Steelers have, you know, passing downs. The Steelers haven't really used that type of player all that much. He certainly doesn't have the, uh, you know, the Aaron Smith qualities or Casey Hampton qualities, but he's a high pedigree dude. He runs well. He gets off the ball well. He's been productive at the college level. He's well-built. I think he could add weight or lower his weight over the years, you know, maybe like a Vrabel did here many moons ago or, you know, Aaron Smith, they bumped up. But he's not going to be a 3-4, two-gapping defensive end. He's going to be an attacking player that I think can line up on his feet, maybe, you know, as an outside-the-tackles dude. Absolutely can line up in a four-man front with his hand on the ground, preferably on the strong side. Absolutely in passing situations could line up next to Cam or Ogunjobi as an interior guy. He's going to be able to track down. I mean, he doesn't, he's not as fast as Lamar or Watson. But, I mean, when you play against those athletic quarterbacks, you need defensive linemen that can run and get them on the ground. He absolutely can do that. And like I said, I think he's starting to really come into his own as a professional, as a Pittsburgh Steeler. These last couple days have been very good for him. So if he can continue that momentum, that's great. My hunch is, and I'm going to stick with this going back to the draft, that his rookie season might be somewhat of a redshirt year, figure it out. But he may be in the situation too where, boy, I keep saying the word situation, situational football He's your best guy on short yardage as an end or third and one as an end or third and 15 as a tackle. You know, so I, I think there's a lot of options here and I'm really intrigued in that he's just different from every other player on the team. There's nobody quite like him that has a combination of skill sets. And sometimes those guys wash out because they're a jack of all trade, master of none. You know, what's his what's his bread and butter in the league? It's great to be good at a lot of things, but, or, you know, if you're not, if you're average at a bunch of things, that doesn't get it done, you know, but you need to be excel, you have to excel in a lot of areas, but I think he's got a chance to do that. And I'm really encouraged with this past couple of times, of, you know, he's been out there. So that's big. I'm sure you've all heard a lot about George Pickens. The dude is a star. He is a star in the making. He's big. He's physical. He's very competitive. He has excellent body control. He has really good ball skills, but he will double catch some balls at times. He's more sudden in person and coming out of his breaks and elusive with the ball in his hands than I expected, especially after watching Georgia tape. And I realized, obviously, 
late in his Georgia career. Most of the tape you watched, he was compromised with injury. So this was a guy that at 18 years old is a true freshman at Georgia. I mean, he wasn't at Akron. He wasn't at, you know, was maybe the best wide receiver in college football. Well, that's exactly what he looks like now. It is a top 10 type of draft pick prospect with size and route running. And, you know, he's catching touchdowns over good Steeler corners and boxing them out and body control and tipping the ball to himself and hauling it in. And, you know, Dale and I had a great conversation on the air today. Like, I can't believe that this dude is such a long shot for offensive rookie of the year. Cause again, I feel like I'm bashing Claypool these last two podcasts. I'm not at all. I just think there's a chance, a chance that Pickens steps even past Claypool just because he's a special player and when the season's all said and done, he may have more targets and catches than Claypool. I, I think it's possible. In the meantime, he's a joy to watch all the time. I mean, every practice since he's been here, I feel like you could pull someone out of the stands that doesn't know much about what they're watching and they'd say, who's that guy? Yeah, He's a standout, even to those that aren't, you know, super dialed in or do this for a living. Uh, I, I can't say enough good things about him. I think, and again, I hope you guys know me well enough by now that I, I don't just say things to get attention. The fact that he could be a top 10, 20 receiver in this league a year from now or two years from now, I think is a very, very real possibility. Um, I'm up low and off picket. I know that he's had some buzz the last couple of days. Great. He's making better throws. He's making impressive throws, touch throws, catchable balls. Clearly is understanding his receivers better. Um, he throws the football pretty well. You know, I mean, again, he puts it where he wants. He's very accurate. Um, I still think he is a work in progress. I don't think he has any chance to be the number one. Please dismiss that because he doesn't. I, I think that he probably will not be the opening day number two. You know, I mean, that Rudolph has done more than enough to fend him off. Rudolph's been very steady, reliable, knows where to go with the football. Um, Pickett still has to work on getting the ball out of his hands quicker. Uh, there's times in, in these practices where even without a rush, you know, he's holding the ball three, three and a half, you know, and, and Tomlin's yelling at him, come on, let's go, you know, get it out. You know, it, it, there's no rush. So a lot of these plays that you've probably read or checked out Twitter on or whatever that, wow, Pickett was great. A lot of them, he probably would have been sacked, you know, in the real world. If he played it like that, he probably would have been sacked, especially early in the camp, in camp. But that's still going on. He's definitely improving. I'm not down on him. I mean, I, I very much am in favor of in terms of solving your quarterback problem. Just keep taking bites at the apple. And he's as good a bite as any. You know, I think that the, they're very happy with him. From what I've been told, they're very happy with him in the quarterback meeting room. All the stuff they do on the board, the film, you know, the knowledge, the work ethic. He's just a work in progress as all quarterbacks are. I mean, look at last year's rookie class. I mean, even Mac Jones dwindled down the stretch. But all those highly touted first-round picks basically underperformed. You know, so I think it would be great for Pickett to sit the whole year. I mean, I really think the only chance he has, well, I'm not going to go down on that road. I'm not going to predict where how this quarterback goes for seven, the next 17 regular season games. 
But I would play him a ton in the preseason. I'd continue to give him experience like crazy. And he looks fine. You know, I, I just think a lot of people listening, this listening's expectations were probably too high. He's a coming to be the savior. Or, you know, he, you know, it looked like the, he did it in his Heisman campaign to pit. It's not how the league works, you know, and I think the Steelers have really moved him along accordingly with this in mind. Makes perfect sense to me. So that's just a quick take on what I've seen from the draft pick so far. Overall, it looks like a promising class. I think they have pretty distinct plans for all these guys. And I wonder deep down, are they saying, wow, Pickens is even better than I thought. Why did we get George Pickens that late in the draft? Because I think the rest of the league is going to look back and be like, why did the Steelers get George Pickens that late in the draft? Well, you know, much like DK Metcalf. Why was he the last pick in the second round? That doesn't make any sense. You know, I, I think the, the league might look at Pickens that same way. So thanks again. Uh, we will chat soon over and out.